Hey, it's good to be back with you all again. Uh, thanks for watching. It's uh, We're grateful that we can provide this uh, this service for you and this challenge for you. Uh, all through Lent, we're going to be in Philippians 4.8, uh, so you can go ahead and get your Bible, your device, and get the Scripture there. And uh, let me read that to you. It says, Paul is saying, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell, uh, imperative, dwell on these things. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, uh, Lord, I, uh, I, I want to be obedient to speak to it if you prompt me with it. And then out of everybody that you see today or that's watching or listening, uh, all of us, you hold me in a greater and a more strict judgment on my life. And Lord, I understand that and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. Last Sunday, we started off with, uh, finally, brothers, whatever is true. And then the command is, uh, think on these things or dwell on these things, whatever is true. Today, we're handling whatever is honorable. <clears throat> um, before I get into the word honorable and, and really what the command is here that, that, that Paul is asking us to do and to be a part of, I want to I go into, into Philippians 4.9. In, uh, which is the end of it here, and give you the challenge here. He says, do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will, will be with you. Um, in verse eight, he's asking us to think and to dwell on these things. Uh, and it, it doesn't just mean think on them. It means think on them and then act on them. And then he, he supports that in verse nine over here in the fact of do, do, you see the do, do what you have learned and received and heard and seen of me. Uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna remind you that we're on a pursuit here of peace and we'll bring this up here in just a moment. But I, I wanna go back in Philippians four, the whole chapter, and just remind you there is the search of peace and he's saying to find God's peace, do two things. Number one, pray. And number two, think on these things. Whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, moral excellence, any praise, dwell on these things. He's telling us to be able to do that. So we're in search of peace. And by praying and thinking on these things, peace is going to happen in our life is what he's telling us. But I, I want to go back. I want to. I want to go to the end of verse eight, and uh, it says, "Dwell on these things." The word "dwell" means uh, it, it comes from a word that is is mathematical. It means calculate them, uh, weigh them against everything else that you can be thinking. Uh, it's talking. The, actually, the word that is used there is the word that we get the word logic from, and in a reality, there's a process to this, um, just like there's a mathematical process. He's saying there's you can think of a whole lot of things, 
And you need to calculate on what you need to be thinking about. You need to weigh the options on what you can spend your time uh, being able to think about. But one of the, one of the words that uh, describes the word dwell or think on these things is a, is a word that just talks about a, your, the, there's, a, there's a reality, there's a logic uh, when it comes to life and to living. But in, you, you may be thinking some worldly things right now of uh, how you figure things out. I want to challenge that. Uh, we're going to ask you to think of things in a heavenly way. Uh, here's what I mean. There's a, there's a earthly or a worldly reality, and then there is a heavenly and a kingdom reality. And Paul is suggesting that you and I think on these things in the realm of a heavenly reality. We think of them in a kingdom way. Uh, is the challenge that is given here. As believers, we're going to think differently. Like you, you can pull up a topic and we can find out the world's view to it and then we can find the kingdom view to it. And as Christians who follow Christ, our reality is going to be, uh, we're, we as believers are going to think differently. Like in Philippians 2, this very same book, it talks about us having the attitude and the mind of Christ. And so we realize that, that as believers, we, are, we, we totally think different and we process different, we calculate different. Um, the, the logic that we live by is different. Everything, the way we process situations are different. It's all been a different reality. Let me, let me show you the, the, a picture of that difference. Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. In Romans 12.2, it says, Don't be conformed to this age or this world. Uh, real quickly, in the way that it is written, that Paul wrote that with the word conformed, it means it happens gradually. Here's what I've been saying for a long time, especially in 2020, with the pandemic and everything that we could and couldn't do, right? Uh, is it, you're conforming to the world happens slowly. It, it's, it's, it happens so slowly that you don't even know what's going on. You don't even notice that it's happened to you. In other words, my challenge in 2020 uh, really comes from the book of Hebrews, and it's don't drift, if you're not careful, you will totally drift into a worldly way of thinking and a worldly way of living. So when he says don't be conformed to it, doesn't mean here, here we're, we're videoing this on a Friday uh, because the weather's gotten better. And uh, last time we did the video, the power went out. So we're going to pray that doesn't happen. Don't think it will. Uh, but here we are on Friday. It's like I was thinking in the kingdom way on a Thursday, and then all of a sudden I shifted to a worldly way of thinking on a Friday. It's probably not going to happen that way. The way it's going to happen is over time, days and weeks, uh, my, if I'm not focused on the right things and the person of Christ, then I'm going to drift, and it's going to be a gradual conforming to the world. It's not all at once. It just happens real slowly. He says, so don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed, totally changed. 
by the renewing of your mind. In other words, we think differently. We think like the mind of Christ. We respond in a kingdom way instead of a worldly way. We're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it takes this transformation to know what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Um, as a believer, no matter how old I get or how long I've been a Christian, I still want to please my Savior. I, I, I'm living today wanting to please my Savior with my attitude, the way I respond to people, the way I'm in relationship with people, all those things I want. I want to please Him. And I'm going to want to do that every day of my life. So Romans 12 gives us that picture of don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that we do know what pleases God. We are a part of that. Uh, one thing that it tells us on the word dwell here or think on these things, it's telling us that as a believer, we're in a different reality. And in that, uh, even in the midst of chaos and scandal, I'm still going to be thinking heavenly and kingdom. Uh, and you're going to go, well, man, there's all kinds of chaos and scandal going on right now. L let me let you in on a little secret. It's been going on for a long time. <laughs> there's been chaos and scandal. But let me, t let me tell you something. 2020 did not usher in chaos and scandal. Now, it may have been a time where it slapped us in the face a little harder than it has years before, but uh, 2020 did not write the beginning of chaos and scandal. And it really, when it says dwell on these things, Paul is really meaning, uh, think, think on things that are above the chaos and the scandal, because you and I are going, man, it's hard for me to do that. Well, chaos and scandal's always been here. And here's the call of God. In the middle of world chaos and scandal, he's asked me and you to come in and implement the kingdom right in the middle of that. Uh, as a church, uh, you know, when I say a church, I, I, am, I am in this phrase re referring to a campus, uh, and I know it's not, but I am referring to it that way, is that some of us want to get back to normal in the shelter that we had uh, and to be into a safe place. We want to get to a safe place. And I just want you to know that God's called us to this dangerous world, uh, not to shelter from it, but to go into it. So in the, in the middle of chaos and scandal, he's asked me and you to implement the kingdom right in the middle of that. And it always has been. It just may become a little more fresh to you and personal to you now in 2020 being the way that it was. So we look above the scandal and the chaos of this world. And Paul says, we think on these things, whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, that of excellence and any praise, dwell or think on these things. We're going to weigh our options. I can think about this in a worldly way or I can think about this in a heavenly and a kingdom way, and I'm going to choose to go that way. My calculations, my process sends me that way. And, and he says in verse 9, if you do that, and the God of peace, he will be with you. Now, to our topic today. We're focusing on whatever is honorable. Um, from an earthly standpoint, the definition of honorable is character, respect, dignity, um, and, and uh, I, I want to say this, 
the first thing that comes to my mind is a, is a judge in a courtroom. Uh, when they get ready to walk into the room, all rise in honor of the judge, right? It's an honorable position. Uh, some people have in their title the honorable, and they mention their name. Uh, and I, it, it, It's still character, respect, dignity. The, the role of that, of that still carries these characteristics. But in Paul's context here, when he's dealing with the word honorable, it's another level. And the truth is, anything with God is another level. Uh, we have the laws of man, you know, drive, drive a certain speed limit. Uh, we're, we, laws are there for us to abide by. Uh, and if, if I follow the Lord, uh, his standard is higher than the laws of man. Uh, and I've got to realize that. So Paul, when he says dwell on things that are honorable, uh, Paul is talking about another level level of being honorable. It, it goes above the earthly level. Again, I go back to Romans 12, 2. I'm not conforming to the world a little bit at a time. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I know what, what pleases God, what is good, and what his will is. I'm able to be able to see that and know that. Um, Paul is saying that this higher level, this higher level that God has called us to should be inviting and attractive to people. In other words, they're mesmerized by it. They're mesmerized why people live in such a way as to honor their God. Uh, and it should be inviting and attractive, not not in people keeping it a distance. And we'll get to that in a personal way in just a moment. So Paul's context of honorable is there's a higher citizenship. There is a heavenly citizenship. He, he mentions that uh, his citizenship is already in heaven. Now, I want to I wanna give you just an, a, a personal note here and a challenge for us. To, uh, to be able to understand why our reality is a little different. Uh, I can look at death in an earthly way, or I can look at death in a heavenly way, in a kingdom way. Um, here's what I mean by that. Paul said, my citizenship is already in heaven. Folks, listen, uh, I have a son-in-law in heaven. I have a mom and dad in heaven. My brother and I have a... Uh, a child that was born between us before I was born. My brother's 12 years older. Uh, that's in heaven. Uh, we have family members in heaven. We have friends. One of my dearest friends in the world died of a brain tumor at age 32. Uh, Rex is in heaven. And uh, again, we can think it, uh, that heaven's just a little bit better than earth. And they've gone to a better place. We say that. And in Hope Church, we tweak that that heaven's not better, heaven's best. Heaven is the best place you can ever be. But here's where I wanna challenge you in the reality of eternity and, and heaven, how we can even think about that, where Paul says my citizenship is already in heaven. Folks, I, I grew up, uh, I was born in Illinois, Decatur, Illinois. We lived in Southern Indiana, out of Evans, Evansville, Indiana, a little town called Eberfeld, uh, a little German community there. We uh, lived in East Tennessee, Maryville, or as they say down there, Merville, uh, south of Alcoa. It's on the quiet side of the mountains if you're going into the Cades Cove area. 
lived there, went to first and second grade there. But when I was seven, uh, we moved to Kentucky. Now, I'm not native Kentuckian, but I'm, I'm, I'm a Kentucky boy. I grew up in Summersville, Campbellsville, only a few miles apart. They're different counties, but they're just a few miles apart. Lived in Campbellsville more than, than any other place in uh, growing up. And so Campbellsville, Summersville are home to me, home to me. And I, I love to think about them. I, I love to interact on Facebook, what little I'm on it. But when guys and uh, people talk about Summersville and I'll interact with them, uh, and, uh, and it's home to me. It's, it's, a, it's a comforting place for me. But here's what I want to tell you. Um, heaven is going to be more home than any home I've ever had. And Paul knows that. In fact, Paul is, is getting close to death here. He's going to be executed. And uh, this is a prison epistle. He's writing this, Philippians 4, and while he's in prison. And you, you, you got to realize that honorable is a higher citizenship, a heavenly citizenship, and that we think about heaven, and heaven is going to be more home to me than any place I've ever lived in my life. Uh, the, the truth of Scripture bears that for us, and we got to trust that. In Paul's context, honorable is the majestic, the majestic mysterious reality of God. It's jaw-dropping. You would see the psalmist would write about this. How magnificent are your works with the stars in the sky. Uh, Paul's context of honorable is awe-inspiring. Your mind can't comprehend it all. Paul's context of honorable is sacred and respective. Uh, and it, it, it gives respect. Uh, my wife will say this, and we will have conversations about it. Uh, and you may ask, is there nothing sacred anymore? Uh, we could talk about sexuality. It's just whatever, whenever, whoever, right? That's the way the world looks at it. But God sees it as a sacred act between a man and a woman in the covenant of marriage. I, there's another reality difference uh, where there's the reality of what it looks like to our world, but there's the reality of what it looks like to God himself. And I want to live in that reality uh, that honorable is sacred and respectful uh, in the context of Paul, honorable is serious. You, you, you take it seriously. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give you Titus 2.2, and this is to Christian leaders. Let me read it to you. It says, older men are to be level-headed. We need to see that in the church, amen. Uh, worthy of respect, sensible, sound in faith, love, and endurance. Uh, it, it is the picture of honorable that we need to be. And, and I, I can think of people, in, as I'm reading that verse in my life, their faces come, come to my mind of honorable people who have lived this way. Uh, in fact, one of the definitions of uh, the word honorable is the word reverend. And you need to know that the reason pastors, like somebody may call me Reverend Jeff Eaton, uh, Reverend Eaton is not just because uh, th that's just a title that's given to a preacher. It is the title of being a preacher and a pastor is to be honorable. It is a position that is honorable to be in, and it is worthy of respect. Uh, so even Reverend comes out of the world uh, honorable 
even in relation to those of us who are in the ministry. Um, I, I got to tell you, this, this, this was kind of funny. One of the words in the definition of the word honorable was the word August. And uh, the, uh, the picture here is you, you, there's either the noun or the adjective. And uh, the noun can be referring to the month. Uh, and uh, then the adjective can be referring to uh, I went, uh, he or she lives in an August mansion, which means this majestic, this big grand mansion. Uh, but I had funny with, I had a funny time with this as my mind works. August to me sounds like a hot time of the year. And gosh, after this ice and snow and freezing rain and sleet and everything else, August sounded pretty good to me. I just want you to know, I hope it sounds pretty good to you. And there is a heat wave coming. So we thank the Lord for that. But it is, it is the picture of being majestic. Uh, and it is a the church leaders are honorable because they take the work of God seriously. And you need to do that too. It's not just this little bitty thing I do every now and then. It is I take honoring my God incredibly serious in my life. So I want to finish off with you by talking about the definition or the difference between the temporary and the eternal. Because what we've done here, when we say uh, dwell on whatever is honorable, with the word dwell and the word honorable and putting that together in the context of Paul, uh, we come up with this. Colossians 3, 1 and 3. We come up with an argument between the temporary and the eternal. <coughs> Paul's context is set your heart and your minds on things that are eternal, above the chaos and the scandal. Let me show you in Colossians 3, 1 through 3. So if you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Another picture between the temporary and the eternal is 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us uh, for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, meaning this earth, but what cannot be seen is absolutely eternal. I wanted you to know that. See the difference between the eternal and the temporary. The eternal is permanent. The eternal is permanent. It's the earth that's temporary. And if you're not careful, you're going to get that backwards. Uh, which one do you focus on the most? Well, the context of Paul's writing in Scripture is you should be thinking about the eternal most. Uh, here's, here's a picture and a contrast that we get in a comparison we get. From a worldly perspective, if you're not careful, you'll see evil and ungodly things as being attractive. Did you hear me? From a worldly perspective, you can see evil and ungodly things as being attractive, uh, seductive. They are not God-honoring, uh, but they look attractive to us. Instead, the kingdom should be the most inviting, attractive, powerful, fulfilled life that a person can ever live. Uh, the, that's why we disciple people. 
That's why as a church, we've made a turn of intentionally discipling people. Why? Because we want to disciple them to live honorable lives. We want to disciple them to be able to do that. So uh, uh, you would have to ask in any situation, what, what is God's, what is his God-honoring response, which is a kingdom response? But when I respond to the world, what is the God-honoring response that I need to give? So think on the things that are honorable. View them above what is chaotic and scandalous. Uh, we Our view is on the kingdom and on eternity. Uh, this week, our challenge for you to, then this week of Lent coming up, uh, try to point out, try to recognize the honorable life in other people and brag on them, mention it, thank them for it, but just intentionally pointing out those parts that are honorable. And during Lent, for you personally, search your life. Uh, is my life God-honoring? If it's not God-honoring, then get it there. Uh, how's that happen? Confession and forgiveness. Listen, we serve a God of another chance. I've, I've often said a second chance. I've switched it to another chance because I serve a God that gives me a hundred chances, you know, uh, and, and we've got another chance. So we, we confess and we ask him to forgive us and let that start today. I mean, the newness of life, him transforming the way you think and live can happen right now before I close out this service today with you on Facebook Live. So search, is my life God honoring? If it isn't, get it that way. Uh, and dwell on what is honorable in God's eyes, both in you and in others. Remember, the eyes of the Lord are to and fro over all the land, looking for a heart that is loyal to him, a heart he can show himself strong in. And in the Lent season, as you're praying and you're fasting and you're being generous, remember John 3.30 becomes the picture. He must increase, but I must decrease. Thanks for being with us today. I thank Logan and Tyra T for being here today. Uh, God bless you. We say I love you. And then we say to each other, grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. God bless.